always a pleasure to be here. I had to fight a lot of traffic coming over here, but uh, that's what a big town is all about. Uh, thank you all for having me here. Thank you for inviting me. As we uh, set up to study uh, this uh, few days, I pray that everything that I have to say, uh, that uh, you will have fertile hearts, that you would open up your ears and have fertile hearts to understand what I'm trying to uh, present here. And today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That should be our motto. That should be every morning that we get up. That's what would come out, out of our mouths. Because this day was made for us. And if something is going on with you, that there's problems going on physically or mentally or with the family, I challenge you to say those words every single morning when you get up, before you even step out of, out of the uh, bed. And then, if nothing else, do is read some, the 23rd Psalm. Read it for 30 days. Read it in the morning, read it in the night when you come back from work, and you will see how your life will change. And one of the things that we have the most problems with is our heart. You know, we teach doctrine, we teach about salvation, we teach about all those things, but sometimes we don't get to the matter of the heart. And that's one of the things when I started going on through this, you know, uh, yeah, I can teach you about why you need to be baptized, why you need to be saved, what all those things, and everybody can do a great job on it. But sometimes the, we got to start with the heart. Nothing goes in your life and in my life without first checking our heart. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to start today uh, with, okay, there you go. I'm going to start talking to you about why do Christians keep on sinning? And I cannot see the screen on the back. Brother Ram, the remote is up on the right there. And if you'll hit the mute, not that one, the white. Oh. Technology and me are not good friends. I always have problems where I go with technology. But I'm going to be talking to you about why do Christians keep on sinning? Uh, you know, why is it that we uh, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? We are baptized, and we, when we come out of the water, we think everything is over, and now we are going to walk in unison of life. And guess what? Then we go and we start sinning. Why is it that, why do Christians keep on sinning? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 25. And if you can, open your Bibles and, and, and stay there because I'm going to go verse by verse. I'm not going to go through, uh, I'm not going to read all the verses. That way we save some time. But if you have it on your scriptures, we, we, we will go through this. As we, as we go through through. Okay, don't want to go through now. <laughs> okay, we're having fun here. I'll tell you what. Let, 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 let's do this. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on. In Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 25, here, as, as we look at these verses here, we, we look at uh, 
there's a big struggle going on with everything that is going on with, with life. Uh, in Romans 7, 14 through 25, Paul describes a great struggle. Uh, and him, he desires that to do good, but he finds he says himself, I, he cannot do it. In those, these verses, uh, he desires to abstain from evil, but he's unable to do it. And sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we say, man, I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. And yet, we fall all over again. He agrees that the law of God is good, but he struggles and he, he knows that sin dwells within him. This is one of the passages, one of the verses that I can identify with as we go through this. Uh, because you know, it is the absolute truth about you and me, about our hearts, about our life, and why do we do the things we do, and we can't keep on doing it, and we know that it's wrong. See, as we look at this truth, this goes in every day's life of every believer. Everybody that has confessed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and been baptized for the remission of their sins. So what is sin? Well, sin is just missing the mark, as you see in that picture there. It's, uh, you know, like an archer when, when you're shooting at a target and you miss the center. That's what sin is. You're just missing the mark that God has established on his law for us. And that's where we have that, that sin, Romans 3.23. We can quote it, we can say it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 17 tells us all unrighteousness is sin. That's one of the things that we got to look at is that all unrighteousness, which is opposite to righteousness, of justice, that's the difference that, that it is. That as James said in chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, he says, But each one is tempted when he's drawn away from his own desires and, and enticed. Then when he desires, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Here is James telling us. That, you know, when you are tempted, when you're guided, when that evil desire comes out in our hearts here, is, is when we get tempted. When we see things that we're not supposed to be doing, but they look so good, and, you know, everybody else is doing it. Why don't we just do it? And then, uh, you know, we're enticed by that, and, you know, it has confused and gives birth to... Uh, let me catch up with that. We See, as we look at that, sin is missing the mark, and we'll go over it again. Uh, you know, we're just missing that mark right there. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all unrighteousness is sin. And James, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away with his own desires and enticed. Then uh, when desire has con conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And that's what happens to, to our lives as we look at that. 
See, this unrighteousness here is a violation of God's standards, of the things which brings in, uh, is a divine disapproval of the things that we do with our sin, as it says in the previous verses. He is the divine. He is the one that guides us. He is the one that gave us life. He's all that thing. This standards of justice that, that he has is something that, we, that he expects for us to follow. But sometimes we, we do that violation of God's justice and we don't understand why we do it. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying in these verses. You know, righteousness is the thing that he approves. And, but we are fall short of the glory. See, all wickedness against God is, is sin. Everything that we do that is contrary to his law, then is against his will. But as we look at the life, this wrath of God, sometimes we say, you know, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, uh, they're two different ones. Well, they're not. Because, uh, you know, that wrath has been uh, revealed against sin. And this sin that happens in our lives that we do deserves that. And where does all that sin start? In our hearts. And as we look at this, where did it start the sin? Of course, with Adam and Eve, and of course with Noah. Uh, evil is in their hearts. That's really what, how it starts. And as we look at that, that's how everything started with, with in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the tree was uh, good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took a it's fruit and ate, so she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. He said, he, as we look at this here, as we look at the, the first time that sin entered into the Garden of Eden, and that's one of the things that sometimes we do not understand is that here's the place where everything was right for man. And then all of a sudden, woman looks at, at this, he looks at, uh, you know, this fruit that he, she's got here is pleasant to the eyes. The, 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 the uh, pride of life attacks her. The, you know, it's it's going to make it wise. And then all of a sudden, she eats from it. And then she gives it to her husband. And he was standing there watching her do this. And do, if you all remember before, the Lord said, you, you know, you can eat of any tree in this garden except this one. And he commended that to him. Why was he standing right there next to her? And then he eats it. It's not we can say, well, whatever you want, honey, we'll do it. That's not the way it works. You know, we got to take that responsibility as leaders of the home that if something's going on wrong, then we got to bring it up about, we got to teach. And of course, we got to do it with love. But if you're like me, <laughs> sometimes I forget what love is and I just want it done right here and you're going to do it my way or the highway. And, but that's not the way it works because these things here, the husband was with her and he ate. And you, you think, well, what about us? We fall the same way. 
Sometimes we don't lead our homes. We don't lead the church the way we should. But we eat of that sin that is going on in all the lives. And this does just not happens with one person. You know, it can happen to the leadership. It can happen to the uh, evangelists, to the preachers. It can happen to anybody. Because we are human, and it's, that's not an excuse. But we don't think that God is watching everything that we do. In Genesis 3, 23 and 24, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground which he was taken. So he drove, him, drove the man out of the Eden, out of the garden. This is the consequences of sin. And where did it start? Everything starts in the heart. That's where everything will begin in your heart and in my heart. That's where everything, and we start thinking about it, and we start living it, and then, it, you know, it's like those of you who fish. We go fishing, right? We get a, a nice lure. We cast it into the water, and we put it in there, and then all of a sudden, here's the fish, and the rays of the sun are hitting it. The waves are moving, and he starts looking tempting, and then all of a sudden, he goes around it, and then all of a sudden, the, the rays just hit it right, and what does he do? He grabs it, and he dies. He's caught by his own mouth. That's how they, they die. And that's exactly what we do with our lives. Sin, we start looking at it. We start thinking about it. We start mulling over it. And then all of a sudden, we commit the sin that we were not supposed to be doing. We're just like that fish. that Everything looks look so, so enticing for our lives. Genesis 6, 3 uh, says, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for indeed his flesh. See, my spirit, God sometimes will say, you know, all this going on here, my spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is flesh. And that's what we are. We got three parts. You know, we got the body. We know that our body is going to go into the grave, right? We know that the spirit goes back to God according to Ecclesiastes. And then our soul is what's going to live forever. Where, you know, we walk in the light here or we walk in the darkness, but on Judgment Day and when we continue in our, in our lives, we're going to live either in, in a place of torment or we're going to be in a place of peace. But it's the choice that we make right here. And sometimes we do not understand how long eternity is because we uh, teach our children, our parents taught us about it. You know, we live on this earth maybe about 100 years. Some of us less, some of us more. But that's all we prepare for. And we tell them, go to college, uh, get a good job, get got a good pension. And then when you're uh, retired, now you can enjoy all the fruits of your labor. And they don't understand by the time you get our age, we don't want to do anything or we don't have any money. But then we don't teach our children what's going to happen after the death. We don't know how long eternity is going to be. We cannot count that. And that's what we got. It doesn't matter how good our children can hit the ball, pass the ball, catch the ball. If we don't teach them about God, about his laws, about his will to save us, nothing is worth it. 
because he, he will not strive forever with us. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in earth, and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, he says here, he, the, there's wickedness. Everything going on around us. Look at some, you know, our communities. Look at our neighborhoods. Look at everything going on. Do you all remember that when sin started? You know, as, as those of you who are old enough, back in the, in the 60s, 70s, we were going on strike and protesting about long hair. We want, you know, one time I had long hair, okay? Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, we, there were walkouts in high schools because they wouldn't let us wear long hair. And now our children are going, fighting against what sex are you going to be? You know, they, they came to me and they said, well, that's for uh, grandfather. Well, I think everybody should choose their own gender when they're old enough. And I said, where did you hear that? He said, my teacher said that. See, this is being taught to our children in school. And that's what they're fighting right now. Ours was the hair. This is the heart is the thing that we got to work in our children. That there. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Can you read that? He was grieved in his heart. And he was sorry that he had made man, because evil was in their lives every single minute. How about you? How about me? See, one of the things about it is that we are just one thickness of our hair away from getting into sin. You know, those of you who, who are on, on uh, Facebook, on uh, computers, on those things, there's only one click away from us to getting into sin. And that's what we have to fight for. That's one of the things that we grieved in, he grieved in his heart, so how is your heart, how's my heart? And that's what we got to examine uh, this week. So why do uh, uh, Christians keep on sinning? It is a human dilemma that we have and that we ourselves have to fight with. Romans 7, 14 tells us, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, soul under sin. Here's Paul writing to the Romans. And they're going through a lot. And he's saying here, the law is spiritual. It's spirit and, and God is the spirit. But I am carnal. I live in this life. I live in this body here. And I'm sold under sin. And as we look at this, the law is spiritual. You know, the previous verses here, there, there's a problem here between Paul and the law of God. If you look at those verses before then. The problem is not the law. It's not the law of God. The problem is Paul. And here we're dealing with the law of God in a spiritual nature in our lives. As we look at these verses here, the law lays down the rules for proper living. The problem here is man. The problem is us. And when I'm talking about men, I'm talking about humans. Uh, Paul says, you know, a part of him still is brought under the bondage of sin as we go through life. How about us? Do we allow that bondage of sin to 
uh, snarl at us, to you know, just growl at us, and then all of a sudden he catches, he bites us, and we give in. What is going on there? Paul says, you know, that you know the old ungodly, worldly appetites in his life are still alive within him. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, as he is sold under sin, we all suffer the same problem in our life. You know, it's sorry to say, but our flesh is wicked. And we are weak. And we give in just like the fish did as we look at that. You know, you know sin is very powerful, especially on the redeemed sinners. You know, those of us who are in the arena fighting every single day, we need more prayers. Because, you know, when we're sitting here comfortable in, in the comfort of our chairs, in the comfortable of our pews, the enemy leaves us alone. But the minute that we go out there and fight and try to get a new Christian, guess what? He attacks us. And he attacks those fighting in the arena. You know, it's about time that we get off the, the, the bleachers and get into the arena with the ones that are fighting there because there's so much wickedness going on in the world. And this uh, sin is so powerful in those of us who have confessed Christ as uh, Lord and Savior. Uh, it, you know, and the thing about this is that it contaminates everything that we touch. Everything that it touches, it strives to dominate your life and my life. And we don't, we don't pay attention to that. Sometimes we just pass it over, forget it, and we continue on. So in this verses here, you know, in his flesh, nothing here uh, that is good dwells in his life. And if we look at these verses, the desire to do good here is present. The ability to perform it is not there. It is lacking. As we, he looks at this, you know, the good uh, that he desires, he doesn't do it. Why? This is Paul. Jesus appears to him. As he looks, the, the, evil, the, the evil that he does not desire, that is what he, what he does in his life. And then he says, why is sin dwelling in our hearts? It was dwelling in his he says, the contest here says in verse 15 and 16 says that for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not do, I agree with the Lord that it is good. He's, you know, it's like he's playing in words when I keep reading this and go back over it. And, you know, he continues doing those things that he doesn't want to do. And then I realize that's exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about my life. Why am I, am I falling apart? And then we look, I look at his example here is that he struggles with, uh, the struggle is for every believer in here with us. We struggle every single day. It doesn't matter where you're just starting the walk or where you are at the end of your walk. We struggle with that all our lives till, till uh, we go back to, to our place in heaven. Paul does not even know why he's doing all these things here. He, is, he wants to do the right thing here. As we read those verses, say the right things and think the right things. But as he does that, before he knows, knows it, he has fallen short again. Why? Well, because sin is taking here 
over his life, over our life. And Paul here is affirming that the law is good. He's affirming that when God says something good, usually uh, the flesh, us, we just want to do the opposite. What do our kids do? You tell them to do something good, and what do they do? They do the opposite. You tell them, hey, <laughs> you, you go be an engineer like I am. And what do they do? They go be a uh, disc jockey. Because why? They, they just want to do it their way. You know, it would be so great for our children that they will learn from our mistakes, from our sins, and do everything. They will be so wise. But what is controlling them? The opposite. Sin is controlling their lives and our lives. You know, there's a fight between the old man and the new man. See, before we are baptized for the remission of our sins, and then we get baptized and symbolize his death, and then we come out of the water, we are a new man. But that old man is still fighting us every single day of our lives. I don't know about you, but as most of you know, I came from being Catholic. I came back, I don't know how I, I survived till I was 18 years old. And then when I went into the water, when I came out, I thought, all my problems are over. Man, this is great. I did not understand that it was only the beginning. So this old man and this new man is fighting with us because in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not... Uh, do the things that you wish. As we look at these verses here, is there's a fight going on. And it's within us. The, the contestants here in verse uh, 18 and 19 says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh here, nothing good dwells for evil, uh, for the will, to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. See what, what the steps that he's going through and how he's dealing with his heart and with what's living within him. Nothing good dwells within him. You know, the, the will to do the right here is present here with me, he says, but I do not do it. I do not find it. And then he says, 19, for the good that I will do, I do not do. Have you ever found yourself in trying to do something good? But you do totally the opposite. And you don't understand. Your wife don't understand. Your children don't understand. But the evil I will not do, that's what I'm practicing. So it seems to me that like there's two poles in here. One wants to do the right thing, and the other one wants to do what's wrong. And how do you fight this here? These two men share one body, and they fight on everything that is good. Uh, and the other part wants to do it better. Now, question here is how many of us can identify with this today? How many of us can internalize that? Look at our hearts and look at see, uh, you know, sometimes our, our hearts are so uh, full of dirt that you can uh, see the wrong that is in your heart. There's a scales on it. It's about time that we look at, identify this heart that we have and clean it up. 
and it starts with the will to do what is right. Because part of us wants to do, what, uh, you know, to please God as we go through our lives, and then in uh, everything that we do, we want to do that. But the other part of us fights us in every turn that we do in our lives. You know, Paul concludes here in this, but now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. He admits it and he accepts it and he says, this is what I'm fighting. Is this what we're doing with our lives? Now, if I do what I will not do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Those are the things that, you know, as we look at our lives, is that sin is trying to control us. But there's a greater force behind us that is leading us. We just got to allow him to take over our hearts. You know, as we look at our hearts, sometimes we have compartments in our hearts. There's different compartments. And there's one compartment that we don't let anybody see, and it's under lock and key. That's where all the bad parts that we have done in our lives, it's in there. And we don't allow do we understand that God sits everything? Isn't it about time that we open up that compartment and let uh, the sun shine in? Let the Son of God come into that part. In, you know, because the enemy always fights in your heart and it always fights in the darkness. That's where he wants you. You know, when I was growing up and we were in the apartments, government apartments when we turned on the light there was a bunch of roaches just running away from the, the light that's how sin is once you let the sun shine in guess what they run away from you until do you remember what uh, the Satan did after his temptations he waited to a more opportune time there will be a time in your life that he'll come back when we allow him and he will uh, you know, this sin dwelling in us will, will just hit us and we're done. We have caught the, the, that shiny uh, lure that he put, puts on for us. See, as, as uh, Paul here is uh, fighting evil, the old Paul was, was here wants to uh, still longs for the wickedness. And the fall here, here is Paul isn't throwing off his hands and saying, why fight anymore? He's still fighting that, but he's not what, what he's doing here in these verses we're doing. It, you know, if it feels good, do it. You have heard that, right? If it feels good, do it. Love the one you're with. You all, you all those who are old, there was a song that, that said, just love the one that you're with. You know, those things is, yet this attitude that the world has that we have brought out from uh, previous, previous lives, it has been adopted by many believers in <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We grow weary from the struggle and give it into the will of the flesh. Uh, see, then here Paul is going to state his findings in verse 21 and 23. See, he says, I find then the Lord that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. He comes to a conclusion. He says, this is what I'm finding here. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. See, 
we desire to do everything that God has commanded in our lives. But I see another law in our members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. What do we do with this thing? It's just Paul here. See, we're not dealing with a new Christian here. We're not dealing with a baby in Christ. We're dealing with a mature Christian that is growing, that has seen Christ. And he's got the same problem that we do. And it's, everything is in the heart. You know, in verse 21, every time Paul tries to do good, evil is always there. Every good deed that he wants to do here, uh, every good thought is always challenged by evil. And the good that we try to do is always the result on a battle. We're always fighting. Uh, as, as we look at our lives, as we fight this here, is the only people that do not struggle with sinful nature are the ones, the people who are lost in sin. You know, when I separate myself from God, nothing bothers me. Why? Because I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm lost there in, in that sin, and it doesn't bother me. But once I realize that I am a Christian, that, you know, this is what I profess, then that we have to fight that. You know, if we try to go against the world, against all that flesh that it is, it's always a struggle in our lives. And, you know, then he makes a confession in verse 22. Paul loves the law. And what uh, God has said in his word is a delight to Paul, the new Paul that has been, uh, in, had an encounter with Christ. He said, this, is, this is true for every Christian uh, that is here, that is uh, an individual. This goes on an individual basis. It's true for us. We know what is Christ. We have confessed that Christ is the Son of God, baptized for the remission of our sins, and we were saved by grace, and we love his word. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to do what God is telling me. And we pray and we read the Bible. But have you ever noticed that when you get away from the scriptures, that's when you get tempted? You know, that's why I said in, if every morning you get up with, with uh, this is the day that the Lord has uh, made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He will change the attitude for the whole day. And sin will still attack us, but at least we know. God is good. Uh, you know, we want to do everything with our heart to serve God. From the bottom of our hearts, we desire to, to serve him. But sin is just crouching there. You know, there's, there's the word for that standard of living. In verse 23, the captivity, as we look at that, Paul's heart is set on doing the will of God. In verse 23. He's, there's a part that is always finding him in every turn and sick. To bring him into captivity. Everything that he does with his life, that's coming into, uh, keeps him captive, keeps him a prisoner. And Jesus said, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said it too for us in Matthew 26 41. You know, with this situation, I can identify with. You can identify. All of us can identify with that. Now, of course, it's not a license to sin. Shall we sin more than, than the law will be correct? Paraphrasing it. He says, no. 
he says here, it is a motivation for us to be holy, for us to be separated from the world, from our uh, passions, from our evil passions that we have in our lives. You know, and this struggle is always with the flesh. That's where everything begins. And it will be a never-ending battle till we go home. But you know what? We have been forgiven for that. And we got to get, how do we overcome this sin here? He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? This wretched man. I am a wretched man. All of us who struggle with sin and who fall into sin, uh, you know, sometimes we have classifications for sin. You know, what's the difference between murder and a lie? In the eyes of God, sometimes, you know, you ask that to someone, they say, well, of course, murder, because you kill someone. In lie, well, you didn't hurt anybody. But in the eyes of God, sin is a sin. They carry the same way, whether it's a lie or whether it's murder. He said, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body? This wretched dilemma that he's got, sold under sin, indwelled, enslaved by sin. And that's what our heart is doing right now. Let us open it. Paul's problem expresses that he wants to be free from this sin. But it keeps bringing him back. Why? He's frustrated with his own uh, inability to overcome the evil. And that's what we do every single day. And sometimes we have struggles mentally because all those things are going on in our lives. We do not understand why do I keep doing the same things over and over again. So, you know, how many of us are pleased with the way we live right now? How we're living in our lives right now? I mean, are we living on uh, seesaw, back and forth, back and forth, and we never seem to be in the middle where God lives? If we look at this life, you know, are we pleased with the way we are, with everything that is going on with our lives? Where are we in this situation? We need to be free. I want to be free. I wish I could not sin every single day. But what happens? You know, he calls himself a wretched man. I mean, he's, he, that's horrible. And that's what we are. And, you know, and like I said before, this is a mature Christian. This is somebody that the Lord, he know more about the Lord. He encountered him. He was in the third heaven. And yet he's still having problems with the flesh. You know, uh, but at the end of this verse, he says he's delivered by Christ because it says in verse 25, I thank through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the man, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The, in, in the, in, uh, the part A says the day is coming when the children of God will be delivered from the wretched bodies. One day, we cease existing in this life. And then we're going to be fine in righteousness if we continue obeying his will. See, in verse, in the part B says, this verse is not a declaration of Paul's defeat. He says while he keeps doing what's wrong in his body, he continues on and he's not giving up the fight. Uh, he is resolving to continue the fight. Are you going to continue the fight till it's over? And allow God to work in your heart. And confess as soon as you sin. 
You know, if you're like me, once I fall, once I sin, I feel so bad and I, you know, I got to apologize. I got to say things that, you know, I don't know why that happened. But I, that contrite heart, it doesn't just because you cry, that doesn't mean you repent. You know, it's got to be in the heart, and God knows, knows, knows our heart. In conclusion, Peter says in, in verse 4, 4, 12, Beloved, do not think it strange when concerning the fiery trials, which is, uh, try you as though some strange things have happened to you. You know, as we look at this here, there's nothing strange going on with all this that is going on with this fiery trial. You know, it's like he describes, you're going through this fiery trial and going to go through the fire, and at the other side, you're going to end up like gold. And you will be pure. And God can see pure. And he can have relationship with pure. Is that what we're doing with our hearts here? 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, No temptation has ever taken you except such as coming to men. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to. With the, the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. As we look at this here, that consolation, that temptation, you know, God is going to deliver us for it. As soon as we fall, we confess it, we, we ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we barricade the front door. And sin ain't going to come in here. Or Satan ain't going to come in here. But we leave the back door a little bit open just in case we need to escape and he comes into our lives. I don't think that's what it means there that he will give you a way of escape. We've got to shut both, do both doors and allow God to work in our hearts. Uh, Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that whom you present yourselves to obey, that uh, you are the one slaves whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Who are you serving today? Who, what's going on in your life as we look at that? Have you experienced that freedom from guilt? You know, the, the sin by the blood of the Christ? You know, there's the story about the Cherokee grandfather talking to his grandson and teaching him about life. And he says... Son, within me, there's two wolves fighting. One is horrible, resentful, sins all the time, curses, hates, resents. And then there's the other one on the other side, which is good, benevolence, caring, love, you know, patience. And then the grandson thinks about it and he says and who wins at the end and the grandpa says whoever you feed the most which one are you feeding today the good or the bad wolf see you have to experience that power that freedom through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit we got to do all those things Romans uh, 6 to certainly not how shall he we who die to sin live any longer in it. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of, my, of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from, from sin. 
but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God indwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Have you experienced this freedom in your life? Have you, you know, experienced the indwelling of the spirit? You know, the sonship through the spirit. Romans 8, 12, 13 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if of the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Ultimately, that's what we want to do. As we look at our lives here, I don't know where your uh, life is. I don't know where you're walking through. I don't know what problems are going on in your life. I don't know whether you're sinning. But there's an opportunity to start. And I pray that this weekend you will examine your hearts. And should there be any need, whether you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior or whether you need prayers from the congregation, would you please come as we stand and sing?